Thank you for joining the Pinewood Church Podcast. We hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you fresh perspective on how God is moving in your life. For more information, visit us at pinewoodboulder.com. Enjoy the message. It is an honor that you're with us today on this very special day, this Father's Day. So I want to just say it again. We love you, fathers. We honor you, fathers. Grateful for you, fathers. Uh, I wanted to say a special shout out to my dad, who's in the house tonight. Papa, Papa John is in the house. Uh, I love my dad so much. Uh, my dad is a, a man of God, discipled many people over his life, been faithful. And um, what I know about being a man of God, I learned from my dad and his faithfulness uh, to show up, to serve others, uh, to put others' needs ahead of his own, uh, to be generous in every area of his life, uh, to love on his kids, did a great job, thank you, trying to do the same, sometimes better than others, I'm trying, I'm trying, but I love you, dad, I'm so glad that you're here. Love you too. It's special having, having your father in the room tonight. No pressure. No pressure on preaching today. Let's see if trying to make you proud today. Trying to make you proud. We're working through a series right now. We're starting today. I love starting things. And there's something about the first. So it's, it's going to be good. We're working through Summer in Psalms. Y'all like the book of Psalms? It's, a, it's an encouraging book of the Bible, isn't it? If you're ever feeling down and you just need a quick, just pick me up, you're feeling a little overwhelmed, you can just open up the book of Psalms and immediately start to feel your spirits lift a little bit. And I feel like this summer, let's just do an entire summer of our spirits being lifted. We're going to be looking at all of our favorite Psalms. The Psalms are an, it's an amazing book of the Bible. It's, it's jam-packed with just deep, theological doctrine. Did you know this? It is. It's so rich. It's so deep. There's so much prophecy in the book of Psalms. And one of the reasons I love the book of Psalms is because I'm I'm a musician, not a talented one by any stretch of the imagination. But, (laughs) But I grew up in a musical household, a musical family. And one thing that I love about the book of Psalms is it's very poetic. The book of Psalms is a book of songs, a book of prayers. They used to actually, if you read a lot in the New Testament, you'll be reading along whenever the disciples were together, and all of a sudden you'll pick up and you'll be like, oh, wait a second. That was a psalm. They're just singing the book of Psalms. Even when Jesus made his triumphal entry, that's the chapter we're going to be looking at tonight. They were chanting and singing a psalm. So it's really special. We're excited to dive in tonight. We're going to start off in Psalm 118. Psalm 118. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. We're going to be looking at verses 21 through 24. The title for tonight's message is A Guide to Gratitude. A Guide to Gratitude. How many of you here today would say that it is a serious challenge for you 
to be grateful 24-7. Any, any hands out there? How many of you are like, I am that person, I'm the anomaly, 24-7, I'm just grateful? Nobody. And if you say you are, you're lying right out of the gate. Confess. We'll have, a time, we'll have an altar call later. You'll, we'll no, nobody, nobody's, just, nobody's that good. Nobody is grateful 24-7. And that, that's okay. That's what, that's what we're going to talk about. Some, some habits. Some principles that we can put on our lives to be grateful. I'll give you an example. Let's just say you're at a store. Could be any store, grocery store. Anywhere that has a line. But let's just say a grocery store. And you get all of your groceries in your cart and you look at the lines and everybody does this. You think to yourself, and sometimes you even kind of walk slow to the lines just to see which cashier is really moving. And you're like, and you're like I'm going to choose that one. Lane number seven, that's me. And you get in line, and you're standing in line, and all of a sudden, all the other lines are going much quicker than your line. And at first, you're like, ah, oh, that's kind of a bummer. But then you see where you would have been end up at the cashier, and you're still where you started, and you get a little bit more frustrated, and you're thinking, what are they doing up there? What, what's happening in my line? And you get frustrated, you get irritated at everybody, at the cashier. You get it for whatever reason, even if you're not in a hurry, you get in a hurry. You're like, I got somewhere to be. I got places to go, people to see. You start getting mad at everybody in the room. Meanwhile, Nanny's up there writing a check. You're like, cut the check, all right. Give her the check already. Let's move this thing forward. Excuse, what is this, ma'am? It's a check. In the moment, your perspective shifts, and instead of having a spirit of gratitude that you get to go to a Whole Foods and buy non-GMO, organic, non-dairy items of anything that you want, instead, your perspective shifts, and now you're irritated. And now you're busy. Now you're a little frustrated at everybody around you. Now you're not grateful that you even have the resources to buy groceries, you're just mad. You're not grateful that you get to eat. You're just irritated. That's how quickly a grateful spirit can shift in a line at Whole Foods. We can get irritated. Am I right? Confession. Because I like to confess to y'all, it makes me feel better. Just get this off my chest. Today, I had one of those moments. I got off the plane from Miami today, and all I wanted to do was to get home, see my parents, see my kids. I've been away for a week. And so I get off the airplane, I'm looking at my phone, and I'm saying, okay, I, I can get on this bus at 1020, and it's going to take me to Boulder. I'll get to see him for like an hour, hour and a half. This is going to be great. I can make this bus. I have 30 minutes. And I, on my way to the bus, I was explaining to everybody, yeah, I've timed this a million times. It takes exactly 20 minutes. 20 minutes to get from off the airplane to the bus stop. Things begin to shift. Life happened. As, as it does, we get to, our, get to get our baggage. We wait 45 minutes at baggage claim. And then the bell starts turning. I am losing my mind at this point. Anybody ever been there? When I start confessing, I feel a little judgment. But it's okay, y'all, we've all been there. I'm getting super frustrated, super short, super hot-tempered. Then finally it comes, I'm like, oh, forget it, we missed the bus, I'm not going to get to see my kids, the whole day is ruined. I'm an extreme personality, this happens. And, 
And then I finally get the bags, and I'm like, all right, forget it. We'll Uber, Uber home, or I'm, I'm not even going to make it to church. And so we get an Uber. I go up to the top, finally figure out where the Uber pickup is. And uh, has anybody used the new Uber app before? If you want immediate anxiety, download the Uber app and try to get somebody to pick you up. It's like I hit the button so confident in that five-minute pickup. I was like, of course, I can see where he's at. That's probably about five minutes. He'll be right here. Meanwhile, he takes a detour. I'm watching him take a wrong turn, and I'm thinking, dude, we're both on the same page here. GPS, just is it, turn right. There's obey Siri. Like she'll, she'll guide you right to me, and then we're all good. I'm trying to preach. All of a sudden, five minutes went to 15 minutes. 25 minutes later, the Uber showed up. I'm, I am on the verge of calling Uber headquarters. Trying, I am mad, man. I'm furious. I'm like, I just want to get home. I'll see my kids for just a minute so I can get to church and not be mad. This is how fast, when I, when I, when I got off the plane, guess what? I was grateful. I was excited. I was grateful to be home. I was grateful to have flown across the country on a 346-ton submarine with thin wings. Is it, I mean, does anybody else think that's just insane? What? But I was grateful. I was great. We stuck the landing. Hallelujah. <laughs> Always makes me sweat a little. Not used to, but now I do. But I was grateful. And then in a second... My perspective shifted, and just these little, little, tiny little things made me frustrated and made me angry. Anybody ever been in any of these situations before? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk, and hopefully, out of God's Word tonight, I'm going to share something with you that will maybe help you be a little bit more grateful in your life. Is that all right? Let's do this. Psalms 118, 21 to 24 says this, I will give thanks to you because you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This came from the Lord. It is a wondrous, it is wondrous in our sight. This is the day that the Lord has made. Can we say this last part together? Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let's say that whole thing together one more time. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let's pray. God, we are grateful for this passage, grateful for this text and the truths found in your word. Father, we want to be a people that have a spirit of gratitude that isn't so circumstantial that every little thing can shift our perspective to where we become negative or entitled, or selfish, or frustrated. But Father, we just want to live with a spirit of gratitude. Thankful to you for who you are, and what you've done for us. So Father, I pray that uh, the message that's going to be shared today would be your message. Uh, I pray that your spirit would speak through me, Father, and speak directly to every person that is here today. Father, we know that where your spirit is present, life change happens, and we're grateful for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's look at the first thing. If you're taking notes, the first guide to gratitude is this. Realize where you've come from. 
Realize where you've come from. How, how, do I, how do I live a lifestyle? I have a spirit of gratitude? Realize where you've come from. Isn't it true that so much of our gratitude comes when we pause for just a second and we look back on our life and we see how faithful God was every step of the way? This is really, really, really huge because there's many times in our lives where we look at our present situation and we say, I have no idea what God is doing right now. I'm preaching to somebody, you can just say amen, give a shout out, that's all right. Sometimes you just don't know, and it's really quite confusing. Uh, seasons come, circumstances change, a tragedy strikes, things happen in your life, or maybe you're just in a season where you just, you just seem a little confused. Or maybe you're in a season where you feel isolated. I remember having this feeling whenever I came out of college, and I was living in a city where I really didn't know a lot of people, and I did kind of feel a little isolated, and, and I was working a lot of jobs, none of which had anything to do with the degree that I spent $2.7 million to get, feeling a, a little frustrated about that. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what is going on? God, what are you doing right now? And you know what? I did... I didn't know. God didn't put a neon sign that says, I'm trying to develop you and teach you something for the future. No, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like, listen to me, neon sign. It wasn't like that. I just didn't know. And I didn't know for a season, for a while. But it wasn't until we started the journey towards planting this church that we had this aha moment where we were sharing our story with a board of people that were assessing us it sounds as awful as it was. It was they were coming at us, and we were just sharing with them our story and some of our experiences and what, what God has done through our past. And it was interesting because every time we would share a part of our journey, we just, a light bulb started to go off in our life, and we started to say, oh, that's why you wanted me to move to Nashville. Oh, that's why you wanted me to play music so that I could do this. Uh, that's why you wanted me to start a business to learn how to be an entrepreneur. Oh, that's why you wanted me to serve in the church, not as a pastor, but as a servant leader for years and years and years. You wanted to teach me submission of authority. You wanted to teach me to sit under another person's vision. You wanted to teach me what it meant to lead a church. Oh, that's why you, you brought me into ministry at that time, because, because, oh, because I was faithful here, and then, and then you wanted to bring me here, and oh, you were trying to teach me how to build a budget here so that maybe later, now that I'm planning a church, oh, now I know how to build a budget, know how to build a team, start things from nothing. Oh, now, looking back, I can see your faithfulness. But how many times when we don't know what he's doing, we're not grateful? I, I want to encourage you today not to miss a moment of what God is wanting to teach you in this season, in this moment. To have a, a heart of gratitude in this season of your life when you don't know. Easier said than done. I want to encourage you in that because I promise you, when you look back, you're going to see His faithfulness. And I encourage you to do that often. And this is why. Psalms 107, 1, it says this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. Looking back, even when you didn't know, his steadfast love was carrying you through. 
Application point. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Slow down and reflect. Ain't no way you're going to look back and realize God's faithfulness and have a heart of gratitude over how far God has brought you if you don't take time to slow down and reflect. You're busy building your vision. You're building, busy building your future. And I feel like sometimes that can get in the way of having a heart of gratitude because we never look in the rearview mirror and say, God, thank you. Thank you for that dark season. Thank you for that tough time. Thank you for that moment of isolation because it brought me to here and it made me who I am. So number two, embrace where you are. Embrace where you are. Find contentment right now. Philippians 1.6. I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. Let's say it this way. God started something in you, and what God starts, he finishes. God isn't going to start something and then give up halfway along the way and be like, they're just blowing it. I'm out. No. If God started something, he's going to bring it to completion. I can tell you right now, that has carried me through many dark days of church planning. Where I say, hey, at the end of the day, I say, hey, God started it. With or without me, he's going to finish it. There's something happening here. Thank you. You can clap. We can clap. We can say amen, hallelujah. We can get rowdy. That's okay. Embrace where you are. How can you embrace where you are? Why, why can I say that with such assurance, such confidence? You can embrace where you are because Jesus has never changed. Your circumstances have changed. Your situation has changed. Your life has changed. Jesus hasn't. Why his faithful love endures forever? His plans cannot fail. No enemy formed against you shall prosper. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's how you can embrace this moment and every season of your life. A thankful heart A grateful heart produces a grounded life. A thankful heart produces a grounded life. This is why, this is uh, is something really practical that I want to give you uh, as a tool that you can use to pray to God. And it's this, it's an acronym, write it down. It's ACTS, like the book of ACTS. A is for acknowledge. Acknowledge who God is. God, you're the creator of the heavens of the earth. That'll put you in your place real quick. You're the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You're the first and the last. God, you are who you say you are. Acknowledge who he is. Confess your sins. Sometimes it's hard to go much further than that because that might take a while for some of us in the room. Confess your sins. And then this is the third one. This is the third one that we're talking about tonight is thanksgiving. Give thanks to God in every season, in every circumstance. God, thank you that I have no idea what I'm doing right now because I believe you're you're teaching me something. Thank you that I have zero dollars in the bank because I believe that you're going to provide all of my needs. Why? That's That's a promise you gave me. 
Thank you for this season where I just got some bad news. Because I believe that there's a greater story that I don't know yet. So I'm thanking you in advance for the story that's going to unfold over the next couple months in my life. And then the S is for supplication, and that's interceding for others. I encourage you to pray acts grounded in gratitude from the inside out. Gratitude doesn't start from the outside in. Your circumstances doesn't determine whether or not you're going to have a grateful spirit. That starts from the inside out. Isn't it just like Jesus to do everything from the inside out? Gratitude is no different. A thankful heart is humble because we recognize how far God has brought us and that all good things come from God. A thankful mind is grounded because trials come and life is hard and we don't understand, but God's love is steadfast and unconditional. And a thankful spirit is content because whether we have plenty or little, God will supply all of our needs. All that is from the inside out. That's what God is doing on the inside. How many of you want to have, be grounded in gratitude? Number three, don't compare to others. Nothing kills gratitude like wanting what other people have. Nothing will kill your gratitude like envying your friends. Nothing will kill gratitude like scrolling on social media for two seconds. (laughs) Anybody ever been there? Comparison kills, I'm telling you. So often in my own heart and in my own life, I can get trapped in a lifestyle of comparison. I think, and I'm just going to say this, I know I know, I may, some people may be like, you kind of feel like you're coming at me. It's okay. I feel like Boulder is really, really, really good at comparison. Why? Because Boulder has a history of being a city that's very wealthy. I'm trying to beat that person out. I'm trying to buy this house. I'm trying to get this job. And you may convince yourself, man, I'm just motivated. But in the back of your mind, are you that motivated? You probably are. But are you, in addition to, comparing yourself to maybe all the people around you? And it's killing your joy? You hate showing up. You lost the passion you once had for that career that you were so excited about. Comparison kills. What's interesting about comparison as well, as far as gratitude goes, you look at someone else and you think, the second that I'm in their position, I'm going to be so thankful. I'm going to be so grateful. The second that I don't have to worry about money, the second that I'm debt-free, the second that I have that many followers on Instagram, I'm going to be just thankful to be there. And the second you get there, guess what? Nope. No gratitude, no joy. You feel worse. How is that even a thing? Because guess what happens? Now you're comparing yourself to the next person and the next person. And it's this vicious cycle. That does not produce the spirit of gratitude. 
So I encourage you something today. Don't compare with others. Just thank God for what you got. God, I'm just grateful to be here. Be able to be a part of what you're doing. I'm grateful for what you gave me. I'm content in what you gave me. If you want to bless me with more, praise God. I'll use it to advance your kingdom. Otherwise, I'm just content with where I am. You've given me more than enough in salvation that how dare I say I want more? If all I have is Jesus, I have enough. Amen? Number four, make some changes. Mm. We need to change some rhythms of our life. We need to change some language that we have. Read this out of Colossians 3. It says, And let the peace of Christ to which you were also called in one body rule in your hearts, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. I love this. Listen, lean in right here. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Whatever you do in word and deed. I think, I think we need to change some, some of the things that we say. Some of our responses. I, I think for many of us, our gratitude is very reactive. And, and all that obviously pours from the inside out. But I think our gratitude is reactive. If things are going well for us, well, then we're grateful. If things are going bad for us, well, then we're not. Life kind of sucks right now. I think we need to be proactive with our gratitude and say no matter what happens, I'm going to choose to be grateful. I remember not that long ago, it was probably six, seven months ago maybe, our vehicle was stolen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It was a good day. And I remember, I remember getting the call just saying, why did you take the truck into work today? Because I, I never drive. And I was like, well, I didn't. She was like, well, it's not here. And I was having lunch with uh, a friend, and, and I said, well, I guess it was stolen. She was like, all right, well. And I was like, yeah, I guess I'll be home in a little bit. And I got off the phone and hung up, and I looked over, and I was like, uh, are you, are you going to get the burger or, or the nuggets? What are, you, what are you feeling? He was just like, hold on. Your vehicle was stolen. Like, yeah. Like for sure stolen. 100% confident. It's gone. And he was just like, is, is everything okay? Like, this isn't normal. What's wrong with you? And I was just like, man, like God's going to take care of that. I'm not worried about that car. We'll either find it. You know, God, God's already got a bigger blessing ahead. Why? Because I've chose to be proactive in my gratitude and having faith and believing that God has a plan. I'm not praising myself. I'm just trying to share with you a real life story that no matter what can happen, no matter what comes against you, you can be grateful in every moment if you're proactive. You've got to change some of your, the things that you say. How do you teach your kids to be grateful? Think about that. If you, ha if you don't have kids, think about if I had a kid, how would I, how would I teach that kid? 
Or maybe some of your friends. If I'm trying to teach my friends how to be grateful. I got some very ungrateful people in my life. Well, first of all, you model it. You be a grateful person. Second, you, you tell them. And somebody give, give, give they, oh, they gave you a sticker. All right, all right, say thank you. Say thank you. You tell, you tell them. Then you teach them why. Why, 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 do you, why do I want you to have a grateful spirit? Because I don't want you to be a spoiled brat. That's what I'm trying to teach you. This is like, like this is the basics here. Like, I, 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 want you to, I want you to have friends, okay? <laughs> this is basic life principles. And then you teach them why having a grateful attitude is a good posture and how it blesses others and it glorifies God. And then, and then you watch them, and then you watch them. And every time they, they're grateful, you celebrate that. But you've got to teach that. You've got to model it. You've got to develop it. And, I, and, and, that, and that's being proactive. And that's what God's doing here. He modeled it. He's teaching it to us. He's telling us why. And I believe every time that we have a grateful spirit and a grateful attitude, and no matter what comes against us, we say, praise God. God's got a plan. He's going to take care of me. I believe God celebrates that. God's like, thank you. You trust me. You're listening to what I'm saying. You're obeying my word. Let's continue on. Number five. We're moving on. We're moving on. Let's go. I'm not going to tell you how many I got. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. We'll go to we're done, okay? We'll go to we're done. No, I'm just kidding. Number five. Say it out loud and write it down. Nobody knows what you're thinking in your mind. Somebody gives you a gift. It's, it's Christmas. Your spouse comes and they hand you a gift. And you're like, and, and you receive that gift. And you're like, how's that going to feel? Are they going to know you're grateful? Are they going to know you're thankful? Does that, is that, is that a spirit of gratitude? No. If anything, you're being rude. Come on. Maybe just a, a thanks or a, a thumbs up or something. You got to say it with your mouth. You got to use words. And this is one of my favorite psalms of all time. I hope I'm not stealing someone else's psalms who's going to be preaching in this summer series. That's the danger of summer and psalms. Is I, may be, I may be stepping on someone else's passage here, but I'm just going to say it for a second. It's one of my favorites. I think this could be a life motto for all of us, a life verse. It says, Psalms 34.1, I will bless the Lord at all times. Everybody say all. All times. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. It's not enough to have it. His praise will always be in my mind. That's not what it says. I... His praise will always be inside of me. No, it's on my lips. I think, I think we need to get better about verbalizing our gratitude towards others and our gratitude to, to, towards God and all that he's blessed us with. Application. How do we live this out at Pinewood Church? We try to be really, really, really intentional to instill gratitude into every fabric of who we are as a church. And that's why in the back, in the seat backs in front of you, we have prayer and praise cards. Because when you pray specific, you can praise specific. 
And that's why whenever we're together, even whether it's a team rally or team huddle or team night, we celebrate the wins because we're just grateful. In the last three weeks, I think I've started our team rallies off with, guys, I'm just grateful to be here. You guys are amazing. I love being a part of what God's doing in this city. We have honor circles where we show our gratitude towards other people. As a body of Christ, I want to have the spirit of gratitude in this house. Not a spirit of criticism, not a spirit of negativity, but a spirit of faith, a spirit of gratitude. Believing that God has blessed us and that we bless others because we bless from a blessing, not for a blessing. I'm going to move on quickly because i got 18 more uh, points to go, and I don't want to keep you out here forever. Number six, schedule your weeks. <laughs> schedule your weeks. Schedule your weeks. You're like, what does that have to do with a guide to gratitude? Scheduling my week. Glad you asked. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, it says this. Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I believe, just like comparison kills gratitude, I believe that busyness kills your gratitude as well. And I think for many of us here today, we're not exactly intentional with the time that God gives us. We get seven days a week. Many of us get, you know, we're eight to ten hours a day, sometimes more. And what are we doing in that other free time that we have that really isn't free time? Because, let's be honest, we're trying to, we're trying to stay healthy. We're trying to pay our bills. We're trying to connect with friends. We're, we're trying to do all the things but how many of us schedule time within our weeks to pause and reflect and to show gratitude back to God? How many of us take time in our days to pull out our phone and shoot a text message to somebody in the body of Christ and say, hey, I just want to let you know, thank you. Uh, thank you for your friendship. Thank you for sending that card. Thank you for that food. Thank you for letting me be a part of, of, of like your friends and thank you for welcoming me in. See, when we're busy, we don't make time for that. Because, because it's just chaotic. And, and we're busy and we're busy and we're busy. We're going, we're going, we're going, we're going. All of a sudden we're anxious and, and things are crazy. And our time isn't intentional anymore. We're just trying to keep up. I want to encourage you today at a guide towards gratitude is just Let's be more intentional with how we schedule our weeks. And let's be intentional to carve out time in our weeks. Simple. I'm going to make it as practical as I can. Carve out time in our weeks to go on maybe two or three walks. Slow down and go on a walk. Look around the city. Thank God that you are in the best city in the whole world. Amen. Mm. Praise God for the people that he's put around you. Give thanks out loud 
for the way that he's provided all the many blessings on your life? I think if we were to do that, even just as simple as that, go, go on a walk, go on a hike, early in the morning, just carve out just a, a couple minutes on the drive home. I'm not going to drive to work or on your walk to work. So many times I just won't put music in. I love audiobooks. I'm like, I'm addicted to them. But sometimes I will put that on pause and I'll put the headphones in my ear so I can't hear anything else. And I'll ride my bike to a coffee shop. It may be five minutes, but I just, I just give thanks to God. I go through acts. And I think if we were to make it a rhythm of our life and put it intentionally into our schedule, I think we would start to see a spirit of gratitude change in our lives. And this is the, final, the, the last and final point, number seven, because seven is the number of the completion. Amen. Is be grateful, be grateful in the midst of grief. Be grateful in the midst of grief. And this, is, this has never been more real than it is right now in my life. Psalms 23, 4-6 says this, Even when I go through the darkest valley, we've, we've all been there, many of us are there right now, I fear no danger, for you are with me, your rod and the staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. What? Only goodness and faithfulness and love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Does this sound like somebody going through a hard time but is still thankful? I want to I be able to have that prayer in the middle of grief. I think it's easy to have a spirit of gratitude when everything is going great. I think that's great. You know, good for you. Everything is awesome, and you're grateful. What about when the storm is raging around you, and you're scared, and you feel alone? In the storm, in the midst of your grief, can you still say, God, thank you? Your praise will ever be on my lips. I will praise you at all times. God, thank you for working a miracle in this situation that to everyone else looks impossible. Because I know the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me, lives in you, and it can do anything. And so I thank you in advance for the miracle ahead. I thank you in advance for the miracle in motion. I thank you in advance for the provision. I believe you're a good father. I thank you for your love. I thank you for the grace that you have on my life. I thank you for my past. I thank you for my present. I thank you for my future. Thank you for the mountaintops. I thank you for the valley. I thank you for this pain. You want to you level up in your spiritual walk with Christ? Level up in your spirit of gratitude. In every season. I love this passage because this passage is all about one thing. Jesus. How do we have a spirit of gratitude? In every season, it tells us right here in the middle. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. 
the basis of which every weighty part of our lives rests on. The part of the church, that's the foundation. That's why I love this song. I was listening to that. I was thinking, oh my gosh, they're singing psalms. I will build my life on Jesus, the cornerstone, the foundation of the church. That's where our gratitude comes from because Jesus isn't here. And I want to encourage you today, if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life and you're, you're saying, you know what? I've always had a struggle with gratitude. Could it be? Could it be that because Jesus has not become Lord and Savior of your life that you have not turned from uh, pursuing self and your desires and pointed your life towards Christ and saying, Jesus, I receive the gift of salvation. I receive the gift of you for grace. Come into my life. I want to have a spirit of gratitude. If you're here today, and maybe this is all new to you, I want to tell you the gospel in 90 seconds is this. Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man, came down from heaven. It says, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son into the world. God sent his son into the world that whoever believed him, whoever believed in Jesus would not perish, but he would have everlasting life. Jesus came down 100% God, 100% man, lived a perfect and sinless life. Why? To be the spotless and perfect lamb to go to a cross and to die for your and my sin. We couldn't earn heaven. Why? Because God's perfect. And his standard is perfection. And you're not perfect. And I, I want to give you the benefit of the doubt to say that you would say that. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. We've all sinned against the holy God. But God loved us so much that he sent his son into the world to live the perfect life and to die on a cross. Why did he have to die? Because there, there had to be judgment. He's a righteous judge. Someone had to pay the penalty for our sins, and Christ paid that penalty on our behalf. That's how much he loves you, and that's how much he loves me. But guess what? Jesus did not stay dead. He's God. He was in the grave for three days, but it was a borrowed grave because he rose from the grave, defeating sin and defeating death forever. And it's in his life, his resurrected life, and through his blood that you too can have forgiveness of sins. What does the Bible say? Is that as if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead, you too can be saved. But I haven't read the whole Bible. That's okay. That's not a requirement. But I don't know every detail. Neither do I. <laughs> Neither do I. But I believe in Jesus. I, be I believe it's true. And I believe he's Lord. And I put my faith in him. And the second that I did that, he said, I forgive you. I forgive you. No longer do I have to carry the weight of guilt and shame on my life. He's taken that from me. I can live in freedom, and so can you. So I want every head bowed. I want every eye closed. And this is 100% between you and God. Not going to make you stand up. Not going to make you come forward. But I just want to ask, if that's you today, if you're here today and you say, I want to put my faith, I want to put my trust in Jesus Christ, would you lift a hand? Can I just see where you are? I'm going to pray for you in this place. I'm not going to call you out. not going to bring you up. I just want to know who you are. Thank you. Thank you, God. We're so grateful. So grateful for that you sent your son. So grateful for your love. So grateful for your grace. God, right now, I pray. Is there anybody here that does not have a personal walk, a personal relationship with you, that, that they would not leave this place without learning more about what that means? 
and about how they can have a personal relationship with you. Not a new religion, but a, a personal relationship with a holy God. We love you so much, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you go ahead and stand as we sing one final song before we're dismissed? Our community at Pinewood Church aims to meet people where they are and point them to Jesus in Boulder and around the world. Thank you for your support. If you would like to further connect with us, you can find out more at pinewoodboulder.com or on any social media platform with the handle at pinewoodboulder.com.